Hi everybody. Um, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedules uh, with um, lots of additional uh, work from home drama of children, parents, cooking, the exhausting aspects of Groundhog Day. Um, uh, about 15 months in, so um, we're we're all living the same experience with you um, and uh, and very much appreciate your time. Uh, I wanted to, to kind of dial it back to grassroots um, and just explain a thesis and, and a business that we've held now for about a year. And uh, it's been a very volatile year, as everyone is well aware. And uh, just wanted to highlight just the, the process and the importance of, of our thesis uh, um, process and uh, and how we go about it and how we generate ideas and and how we stick to our uh, thesis with you know strong strong conviction um, assuming it you know continues to to progress as we expect so um, April of 2020 um, sure everyone um, has probably not so fond memories of that time frame but um, we purchased uh, a new idea in the portfolio that we've been following for many years uh, and that's DBS out of Singapore and why in all of the turmoil did we choose to buy a Singaporean uh, wealth management payment platform uh, digital bank um, that's because it was trading at uh, basically slightly below book value at the time. And um, when we looked around the world uh, and talks about inflationary pressures, um, uh, you know, building from supply shortages due to COVID, and, and this was a very nascent stage, obviously. We're a year into it now, and it's, it's much more um, prevalent. But... Um, uh, there was talk of, of you know, printing money, reflation globally. And of course, most um, global investment managers gravitate towards um, the large U.S. investment banks. And as you know, our process um, does not um, lend us to investing in areas where we don't understand the capital is, is being uh, utilized on a daily basis. So we avoid in the investment banks. So... Um, DBS, I've had the opportunity to meet uh, on various occasions, multiple trips to, to Asia, and have always uh, admired the company's repositioning and really difficult decision to completely rip out their technology base, which I'm sure you know, um, you know anyone that, that utilizes banks or has worked for a bank, um, you know, technology um, can be very, very old school and you know, ripping out an entire technology and starting kind of from scratch from a digital, per digital perspective is very difficult. And um, they took that upon themselves um, about eight to 10 years ago. And with a vision of having to really compete with the likes of Alipay, um, uh, Tencent Pay, and, and a lot of the you know, really big technology companies that were moving towards payments and, and wealth management in Pan-Asia. And um, 
Very importantly, the difference between DBS and a lot of um, American banks is the stronghold of having um, uh, Tomasic, the Singapore government, as a, a substantial shareholder. And for those of you that, that understand the Singapore government, um, they've been really at the cutting edge of technology investment and, and education investment. So really encourage the, the company to take on a lot of difficult um, transition and position themselves to be a real fintech leader in an environment where there was going to be lots of disintermediation. So DBS has, has been a part of many firsts in the industry globally. So they've been um, Euromoney's uh, top uh, bank globally for multiple years, amongst other awards, but Euromoney is, it tends to be one of the more prestigious ones. Um, but they've also integrated themselves with um, some of the, 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 the payment leaders and, and Uber-like technology disintermediaries in, in Pan-Asia, so companies like Gojek um, and so forth. So they have a very strong payment backbone um, that allows a lot of the fintech companies within Pan-Asia to utilize their technology and uh, when they win, DBS wins. Um, and then the real uh, attractiveness to the business is their high-end wealth management of which um, they have gained market share consistently year after year from a lot of their um, Western players that have failed to understand the Pan-Asian market. And, um, and uh, they've also gained against uh, some of the Chinese players um, that have uh, just obviously you know, given cultural challenges um, from wealth management and the desire for a lot of people to, uh, to have money outside of, of um, the, the domestic uh, market. So they've gained market share in Hong Kong. They've been a significant market share gainer um, in that region um, for for wealth management. And uh, in the downturn of of COVID, saw just substantial increases in deposit rates, which has allowed them to, even though um, the monetary authority of Singapore in, in insisted on halting dividends, which the company had about a four and a half five percent dividend yield uh, when when it was halted. Um, they took on substantial reserves and are now in a position a year later where they are reversing some of those reserves and the monetary authority will likely allow dividend payment. So we expect dividends to, to return to a pretty attractive level. The company um, is now flush with capital um, given the deposits and um, given some of their stub investments in um some upstart technology companies and they've been investing in um, markets outside of, of Singapore where uh, also Tomasic is strong so markets like India and also um, uh, mainland China uh, where they expect to have some trade benefits from from a new acquisition that they've made there but 
this is a, a technology story that is wrapped up as a as a as a plain vanilla bank with limited growth expectations. And what I think is a very strong management team, just an outstanding CFO um, and um, a CEO who ha- used to run city um, city's pan Asian business, which is now um, for sale. So the company is in a position to, as we always talk about winning businesses, they are winning. They are in a position to um, really continue to win and have a balance sheet, which will potentially allow them to expand at the expense of others' weaknesses in in the marketplace. Um, So hopefully this gives you a a better sense of of why we chose to buy a, a business that um, was not sort of what our main peers were following. And that is uh, a lot of, you know, buying local domestic banks at, at valuations that were far in excess of DBS. Um, we found this to be a real opportunity trading at around 18 Singapore dollars and is about 30 today, a year later. And we continue to think, um, there's a lot of upside for this company, both in, in, in payments expertise uh, being a backbone for for some of the the fintech winners partnering and allowing the fintech companies to to really um, uh, succeed and also a very strong backbone of of wealth management with an excellent management team so having that kind of virtuous circle of a winning business that that we see to identify um, and they continue to invest for the future. Uh, significant technology investments. And this is a company that is also very well capitalized. So likely we'll, we'll see a, a rejuvenation of, of the dividend. So thanks again for your time. Um, very much appreciate it. And um, hope to, to speak to you soon. Again, this is Heather signing off from Black Creek. Thank you. This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax, or investment advice, or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment. Certain statements in this podcast are forward-looking that are predictive in nature, depend upon, or refer to future events or conditions. Forward-looking statements are subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those set forth. Although the forward-looking statements contained herein are based upon what CI Global Asset Management and the Portfolio Manager believe to be reasonable assumptions, neither CI Global Asset Management nor the Portfolio Manager can assure that actual results will be consistent with these forward-looking statements. Certain statements contained in this podcast are based in whole or in part on information provided by third parties, and CI Global Asset Management has taken reasonable steps to ensure their accuracy. Market conditions may change, which may impact the information contained in this podcast. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the prospectus before investing. The indicated rates of return are the historical annual compounded total returns net of fees and expenses payable by the fund, including changes in security value and reinvestment of all dividends or distributions, and do not take into account sales, redemption, distribution, or optional charges or income taxes payable by any security holder that would have reduced returns. Mutual funds are not guaranteed, their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated.